welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Osmond, a biblical church centered on Christ. It's good to see everybody. Um, I'm going to roll on. We're going to get started here real quick. Uh, My mom and dad uh, just celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary. And uh, so they're, they're traveling. Amen. They're traveling right now. They're on a uh, vacation and stuff and enjoying that, celebrating. And I noticed that when they put, it, they, they put it on Facebook, you know, this is our 50th wedding anniversary and stuff. And when they did, I noticed there was a lot of people got married the same weekend that my parents did. And it was, it was crazy because, I mean, like, there would be some like five years or ten or whatever or seven. But I noticed in all these pictures on, on social media that every single one, the bride... Looked really good, but the groom, not so much. And, and, it, and it's like that way, because it didn't matter. If the bride looked good, I, they didn't care if the groom had one eye closed, one eye open. They didn't care if he had a piece of cake on his lapel. It didn't matter if the bride looked really good. Why is that? Because it's all about the bride. It's about the wedding, everything. It's we, we, don't, we don't even, I don't even know why y'all even need to say Because it. it's not about us. Really, it's about the bride. And, and don't, ladies, don't say, oh, no, it's not. Yes, it is. And it starts way early. I'm going to tell you case in point. Think about this. I don't know who made up this rule, but apparently there's a rule that if we're going to get a ring for our bride, it's two months' salary. I don't even know. I think they're bumping it up to like three months' salary now. It's like... We got to go work three months to buy a wedding ring for our bride. Now, the bride, what can she do? All she has to do is go work at Chick-fil-A, pick up a shift, and she can buy our wedding ring. That's it. Because our stuff, it don't matter. Now, in case it, I see some of y'all go, oh, no, that's not true. That's not true. It's, it's about both of us. No, it's not. No, they, they throw those little um, uh, showers yeah, wedding showers, those bath things. And yeah, yeah, bridal party things. And they say it's for the bride and groom that the presents are for both. They're not. No. Because I'm going to tell you something. What, what, what could we buy at Bed Bath & Beyond? We, we, we don't want nothing for Bed Bath & Beyond. No, y'all want to give us a present? Listen, and we don't want no china. We, we don't want china and stuff like that and lace. Listen, you want to get us some plates? Get us a thousand paper plates. So, hey, when it's our turn to do the dishes, we got it, babe. We just throw them paper plates right out there. You, you want us to clean up? And then we're taking, we'll wad them up, shooting three, three pointers. That, that's what we want. No, you want to get me something? Get me something from Home Depot or Lowe's or Cabela's or Academy. That's what I'm talking about. I want, I want some tools. I want something like it. I don't even care if I have a tree on my place. I want a chainsaw. <laughs> just so I can go fire that puppy up and just wham, bah, 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 go scare little kids during, during Halloween and stuff like that. That's, that's what I'm talking about. But see, it's not about, and y'all say, oh, no, it's, it's for both of you at the ceremony and stuff. No, it's not. I'm going to tell you, hey, the wedding, the reception, bride's cake. I don't care whose bride cake it is. It is always seven foot tall. 
has all kinds of tiers and layers, Ken and Barbie at the top, live birds flying around it and stuff. Little remote control limo down here for Ken and Barbie at the top. What, what do we get? Oh, they forget. They forget to get us something. So somebody stops at Kroger Bakery, picks up a happy birthday cake, <laughs> scrapes the top off, says groom's cake, throws a duck on it, and there you go. Don't tell me it's both of us. It's not. So I'll tell you, like, case in point. My wedding, at my wedding when I got married. Now, I punted beyond my coverage. At my wedding, let me just tell you something. Do you know how many bride, bridesmaids we had at our wedding? Not one, not two, not three, not four. We had ten bridesmaids. Ten. Do y'all understand? I don't have ten friends. I had to hire eight people off the street. I don't even know. Just to put them in a tux just to match up to her side. So here it is, though. You know, you know what I'm talking about, though, in weddings. And, that, you know, they're always, you know, when you get everybody come down, you got the bridesmaids, and you got the little girls down here with the ring and all that kind of stuff. It gets a point in the wedding when the pastor's standing up here and the bride and groom are standing up on the stage. And the pastor in every wedding looks at the groom and says this, May I have the ring Please, what if, ladies, your groom-to-be did this to you on your wedding day? What if he said to the pastor, Psst, pastor, skip it. And the pastor says, no, I need the ring. I've got to talk about the purity, the unending love. Give me the ring. There's no time for a groom joke. Psst, pastor, just skip it. It's not about the ring. It's about our love for each other. Ladies, let me ask you a question. By a show of hands, how many of you ladies in here would be honest enough to say, and remember, we're in church. <laughs> how many of you ladies would be honest enough to say, if your groom-to-be did that to you on your special day that you have flown family in from all over the country you have thought about this as a little girl how many of you would be honest enough to say by a show of hands if he did that to you at the altar you would go bridezilla all over his head right there raise your hand I got I just got a few honest ladies in here the rest of y'all y'all lying you're going to hell just letting you know. Don't tell me you wouldn't go bridezilla. Oh, no, Brother Ronnie. I just, I just pray for him. You wouldn't be praying for him. You'd be going, give me my ring. That's what you'd be saying. Since you ladies can't be honest enough in here, let me just show y'all some honesty. Y'all want to see some honesty? Watch this. Men, let me ask you a question. How many of you would be honest enough to say, if we go work hard two months, three months, whatever it is, by the time some of y'all get married, you youth, it's going to be like a half a year that y'all going to have to work. Pay your, if we do all this work, pay this money, buy this ring that she picked out. You go to a nice restaurant. You get on your knee and you say, pop that ring out and say, will you marry me? What if she said this? Hmm, that's a pretty ring. Yeah, I want, I want to keep that. But uh, I want to keep dating other people too. <laughs> Ladies, y'all want to see some honesty? Watch this. Men, 
How many of you would be honest enough to say if your bride-to-be did that to you in that restaurant, would take that ring and chuck it in a lake? No, no, no. You would take it back, hawk it, get your money back, raise your hand right now. Right. Ladies, y'all see this? Look at that. Look at the honesty in the room. Do y'all see the honesty? Thank you, man. Thank you. Appreciate that. Let, let me ask you a question. If you don't want anybody to do that to you, because that would say that they're not committed to you, they don't love you, they don't appreciate you. If you don't want anybody to do that to you, why do you think you can do it to Jesus? See, because here's the deal. Baptism is the wedding ring of the Christian life. And when we give our life to Christ, we follow through and we are scripturally baptized to identify with him and say, I am a follower of Jesus Christ for the rest of my life. Can I get an amen on some identification tonight and some celebrating who our Savior is tonight? Amen? Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Tonight we're going to look at what the Bible says. Because it doesn't matter what my opinion is, what this church denomination's opinion is, what any other denomination's opinion is. What matters is what does the Bible say? And that's what we're going to do. Because here's the deal. There's going to be a lot of different denominations getting ticked off at me tonight. But I'm just going to tell you this. You're just going to have to deal with it because it's out of the Bible. And you Baptists, y'all going to get mad at some things tonight too. And y'all going to have to get over it. And y'all going to have to deal with it. Because I'm just going to tell you what the Bible says. Okay? You don't like it? Go argue with God about it. Okay, amen? Can we handle that? Or just going off of what the Bible says? And I don't care tonight whether you have a Catholic Bible or Protestant Bible. What I'm preaching is in your Bible. And here's where we're going to start. Romans chapter 6, verse 3. We're just going to get real quick about what baptism is, and then we're going to get on with baptizing people. Because we're going to baptize a lot of people here tonight. Amen? Okay. Here we go. First of all, Romans chapter 6, verse 3, the Bible says this. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you bless and anoint your word tonight, that you speak to hearts and you change lives forever. Thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, first of all, what does the Bible teach about what is baptism? What is baptism? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to assume that everybody in here are, are scholars of the Bible. I'm going to assume that there are people in here that have never been to church before, never heard the Bible, read the Bible, whatever. So let me break this down for you real quick about the Bible. In the Bible, it's broken down to two Testaments, the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew. That was the original language it was written in. The New Testament was written in Greek, okay? So in the New Testament, in Romans chapter 6, it says, or don't you know that all of us who are baptized, the Greek word for baptize is baptizo. That word literally means to immerse. So everybody in the Bible that was baptized, they were immersed. They were not sprinkled. They were not splashed. They were not any dry clean. They were immersed. You say, why were all of them baptized that way? Because they all understood what the symbolism meant. Because we just got through reading it. Here it is. When you're baptized, you're baptized. When you go underwater, it's a symbol of your old nature, your old sin. It's buried. That old way of life, it's buried. Junk, past, history, gone. 
Just like Jesus, when he died on the cross, they took him down from the cross, they buried him in a grave. When you come up out of the water, it's a symbol you're a new person in Christ. Just like Jesus rose from the dead, the Bible just says we raise to live a new life. That's what it is. That's what baptism is all about. Basically, here it is. Baptism is an outward expression of an inward change. Okay, that's what it is. It's an outward expression of an inward change. Just like this. This wedding ring, when I walked down with those ten people that was up there, my ten buddies or eight people I didn't know, all those, when all, all of us up there at the front, I put this ring on my finger in front of all my friends and family, letting everybody know that I've committed my life to my wife for the rest of my life and there was not going to be another woman in my life. That ring did not ma make me magically, ooh, all of a sudden, ooh, I love her. I already loved her before I walked down the aisle. This ring was just a symbol of my commitment to her for the rest of my life. That, that's what baptism is. Baptism doesn't magically, it doesn't save you. It just it lets everybody else know you've been saved. Because I'm going to tell you something. If baptism would save you, you know what I'd do? Instead of sitting up here, getting up here preaching, here's what I'd do. I'd hook me up a water hose. I'd hide it behind David's piano right here. I'd get ready for the invitation. I'd whip that water hose out. i just... I just hose every one of you down. Y'all get soaking wet. I barely get y'all people in the back. Y'all be sprinkled. Y'all be Methodist. I just make sure everybody is going to go to heaven. But let me tell you something. Baptism doesn't save you. The Bible does not teach that. The Bible teaches we are baptized as a result of our salvation to identify and let everybody know we're followers of Jesus Christ. That's what it is. You say, okay, Ronnie, I get what it is. But why? Why, why do I need to do it? What's the big deal? Okay, once again, let's go with what the Bible says. Why should you be baptized? What is the big deal? What's the importance of it? First of all this, in Matthew chapter 3, verse 13, the Bible says this. Then Jesus came to Galilee to Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, Whoa, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented, as soon as Jesus was baptized, hey church, guess what the Greek word is there? Baptizo. Jesus was immersed. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I'm well pleased. Now let me ask you a question. Did Jesus need to get baptized to get forgiveness of sin? No. Why? Because Jesus was sinless. He had never, ever sinned. So why did Jesus get baptized? Jesus got baptized to set the example for us and to identify with us. Just like prophets of old, like Daniel and Nehemiah and Moses and Ezra, and we can go on and on how the nation of Israel during their time would disobey God and start worshiping other idols and stuff. And so Moses or, or Daniel or Nehemiah or whatever, they would confess sin on behalf of the nation of Israel. They didn't start worshiping other idols. The nation of Israel had done that. Jesus had never sinned. He was just identifying with us and letting us know, hey, this is what we're to do. This let it be so to fulfill our righteousness. That's the first reason we need to do it. And I'm going to show you the second. It's because Jesus commands us to be baptized. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Jesus tells us where to do it. Let me show you the third reason why we're to do it. It's because the Bible commands us to do it. In Acts chapter 2, verse 37, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You may just break it down for you what baptism is all about. You know, you know what the bottom line is? It's just a matter of obedience. Bottom line. It's just a matter of obedience. And when we give our life to Christ, the first step as a believer that we are to do is that we are to follow through and be scripturally baptized to identify with Jesus. And let me just tell you this. If you won't obey him there, you're not going to obey him the rest of your Christian walk. So let me ask you a question. How are you going to be a faithful Sunday school teacher, a deacon, a choir member, or whatever? You know, that's the reason why we don't have no choir up here tonight. You, you know, I don't have any choir up here tonight at all. We're not going to have choir during the invitation. We're not going to have anybody playing an instrument, nobody. You know why? Because I'm giving everybody the freedom to obey God tonight. I don't care what their position is, what they do. Anybody in here can obey God. We're going to play a CD during the invitation. Because I can't tell you how many worship leaders, choir members, deacons, Sunday school teachers... What people helping counseling? I can't tell you how many people I've seen fall through and make this commitment. So I'm going to give you the freedom that you can obey God tonight. Right here on the spot in this place. Because it's a matter of obedience. And a lot of you have doubted your salvation for your entire life. You've just been back and forth. I, am I saved? Am I not? A lot of you is. The reason is, is because you've never fought through and been scripture baptized since you've been saved. And you're going to continue to struggle with that until you nail that down. I'm going to tell you this, when you do nail it down and you take care of it tonight, God will bless your obedience. I was preaching in California, uh, in Bakersfield, and I'll never forget this. There was a lady on the second row, and uh, while I was preaching, she was a counselor in the crusade. She had a counselor badge on, she had her Bible. During the invitation, she took her counselor badge off, she set it down, she put her Bible down, she walked right up to the pastor, she said, Pastor, my baptism is out of order. I have never been scripturally baptized since I've been saved. As soon as she did that, her 16-year-old son that she'd been praying for for years to give his life to Christ walked down the aisle, and he gave his life to Christ and was saved. God blessed that mother's obedience, and God will bless your obedience tonight as well. You say, okay, Ronnie, I get it on what baptism is, and I get it why it's so important, but Ronnie, what I don't get is when am I supposed to be baptized? I'm so confused. One denomination says this, another denomination says that. One says you need to do it as a baby. One says when you're 12. One says this. I don't, I don't understand. When, when are you supposed to be baptized? Okay, we're going to look one more time at what the Bible says. There's two things about when you're baptized, and then we're going to start baptizing people. Okay? So here it is. Two things about when you're baptized. Are you ready? And we're going to go with what the Scripture says, and I don't care what anybody else says or thinks. We're going with what the Bible says. Two things about when you're baptized. Number one, you're baptized after you give your life to Christ, not before. You say, what are you talking about? Well, some of y'all got the cart before the horse. Some of y'all baptized first a baby, a kid, whatever. Then later on in life, you gave your life to Christ, and since you've been saved, you haven't been baptized. No, it's after. You don't believe me? Okay, Acts chapter 8, verse 13. Acts 8, 13. Simon believed, and then he was baptized. You want another scripture? Okay, how about Acts chapter 10, verse 47, 48? 
He said, hey, they've, they've received the Holy Spirit just as we have. What, what prevents them from being baptized? So they gave orders to baptize. So they baptized them right then and there on the spot. So it's always they received the Holy Spirit. Then they were baptized. It wasn't the other way around. So it's always you're saved, then you're baptized. You say, okay, why is that a big deal? I'll tell you. So my wife, she grew up in Florida in, uh, in Cocoa Beach area. My wife, when she was 10 years old, she woke up one morning. Her mom said to her, honey, we're going to take you and your baby brother down to church. We're going to baptize you and your baby brother today. My wife said, okay. She goes down to church. They baptize her. She's 10 years old. Baptize her baby brother. He's just a few months old. So my wife grew up her whole life thinking because she was a good girl and because she was baptized, that was going to get her to heaven. It wasn't until my wife was 26 years of age that she realized the only way she could go to heaven was because Jesus Christ died on the cross for her sins. He was buried and he rose again from the dead. That's the only way because he paid for her sins. So my wife repented of her sins, turned from her sins, invited Jesus into her life to be her boss, her Lord, and her Savior. As soon as she did that, guess what she did? She followed through and she was scripturally baptized. Now I know what some of y'all are thinking. Some of y'all think, but Ronnie, what, what, wasn't that like a, a slam to her mom? Wasn't that a slam in her mom's face? No, it was not. I'm sure that that was special with her mom, and I'm sure it was meaningful with her mom. But it was not scriptural. And my wife knew it was more important to obey what the Word of God says than to worry about what her mom or anybody else said or thought. And she was baptized. By the way, guess who came to her baptism? Her mom. So it's always after you're saved, not before. Now the second thing about when you're baptized, and then we're going to start baptizing, is this. Second thing. And this is going to freak some Baptists out. So Baptists, I need you to take a deep breath. I don't want you passing out on me or anything like that. I know we got that big $1.4 million fire truck running around the city and stuff. And just helping people and wrecks right across the street and all kinds of stuff. But if you weren't here... That was Monday night, wasn't it? If y'all weren't here Monday night, fire truck pulled up, was showing off the thing, and there's a wreck right out there, right when they were showing it off. So, whoo, there they went. So, so anyway, so here it is. You ready? Baptist, take a deep breath. Y'all are not taking a deep breath. I, I can see you. Y'all are still breathing the same way. I, I really don't want you passing out. Take, just take a deep breath. Okay, exhale. One, one more time. Y'all ready for this? About when you're baptized? It is always immediate. Whoa, whoa, don't pass out on me. I know you're about to pass out on me. You think, oh, no, don't tell me immediate. No, it's, it's all, every person in the Bible, every single one that gave their life to Christ was baptized on the spot. You don't believe me? Let's look at Scripture. Once again, I told you, I don't care what you say. Whatever. Let's look at what the Bible says. Acts chapter 2, verse 41. Here's what happened. Those who accepted his message were baptized. About 3,000 were added to their number that day. That day. They didn't wait six months. They didn't wait six weeks. They didn't wait six years. They were baptized on the spot right then. I know what you're sitting there thinking. Yeah, but Ronnie, that was the early church. You know, they were all disorganized and stuff. 
Peter's like one of the head ringleaders, and, you know, he wasn't organized. He's running around with, like a chicken with his head cut off. You know, that's why they were doing that. Y'all want another example? Okay, how about another example? Acts chapter 8. Here you have Philip the evangelist. God tells him to go stand by the Ethiopian eunuch's chariot. So he goes and stands by the Ethiopian eunuch's chariot. Ethiopian eunuch's reading the book of Isaiah. He's reading it out loud. So Philip says, hey, you understand what you're reading? He says, how can I understand what I'm reading? Somebody explains to me. He says, okay, hop up here in the chariot. Gets up in the chariot. They go down the road. Ends up getting saved going down the road. Acts chapter 8, verse 36. As they travel along the road, there came some water. And the eunuch said, hey, look, here's water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? He gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down to the water. And Philip baptized him on the spot right there. I know that's freaking some of you out because you're sitting there thinking, whoa, no, there were no deacons to vote on it. I know y'all like voting on stuff. Not, not one deacon to vote on it. No staff members. Philip the evangelist and the eunuch, that was it. Are y'all ready for this one? This is really going to freak y'all out. Y'all ready for this one? The Ethiopian eunuch wasn't even from their church oh yeah no wasn't even from the convention no wasn't even from their state he was from Ethiopia he was heading back home he got saved he knew hey I could get killed on my way home robbers could get me something like that so on his way home he said hey I need to obey God right now because I might not live till I get home so he obeyed God on the spot every single you go well Ronnie there you go again because there's an evangelist involved and you know how you, you evangelists are all crazy. Y'all do stuff like that. So that's why. Y'all want another one? Okay. We, I could do this all day, but, but we got to get on with baptizing people. So I'm going to give you one more scripture. But I'm going to tell you this. This one right here is from the dude who wrote the majority of the New Testament. If you don't like what he says, you're going to have to tear out the majority of your New Testament. And you're just going to walk around with a little piece of flap. Just a piece of leather. I don't know what you're going to put in it. You can put some comics in it, something. I don't know what, it's gonna, what you're going to put. But you're not going to have the Bible because this guy I'm about to quote is Paul. Paul was in prison. Paul and Silas. They were praising God, singing to God at midnight. Okay? They were in jail, in prison. All of a sudden, God sends an earthquake, busts up the jail, convicts running everywhere. Got to run all out of the other place. So the head warden's thinking, man, that my boss is going to kill me in the morning because let all these convicts escape and stuff. He's going to kill me and torture me. So I, I might as well kill myself. It'll be easier. So he's about to kill himself. Paul's like, Psst, whistling. He can't whistle because he's been singing all night. So he's like, Psst, hey, 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 don't be killing yourself. We're, we're right here. We're right here. So here's what happened. Acts chapter 16, verse 29. So the jailer called for lights. He rushed in and he fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you'll be saved, you and your whole household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all the others in his house. Verse 33, at that hour of the night, now remember, earthquake took place about midnight. So by the time he goes back to the jailer's house, they get cleaned up. Paul preaches, and Paul was a long-winded preacher. He gets to preaching stuff. They baptize him. It's at least 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. They're baptizing him and his whole family. He says, at that hour of the night, the jailer took them, washed their wounds, then immediately, underline that in your Bible, immediately, he and all of his family were baptized. They didn't wait till next Sunday. They didn't wait till they go through a class. They did it right there on the spot. And then here's what happened. The jailer brought them into his house. He set a meal before them, and he was filled with joy. 
Circle that in your Bible. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. Listen, let's be honest. There's a lot of you in here, you don't have joy. I can see it on your face. But you can have it tonight. You can know for sure. You say, Ronnie, you really think there's going to be a lot of people get baptized tonight? Yes, I do. Matter of fact, I'm going to tell you this. The very first time I preached this message, it was in Abingdon, Virginia, just right down the road. It's not far from here, right? West, West Virginia? You're right there, right? West Virginia, Abingdon, Virginia, Baptist Church. Preached it on a Sunday morning, Southern Baptist Church. Do you know how many people we baptized that Sunday morning? 200 people. That's more that's in this building right now. 200 on a Sunday morning. You say, oh, I know what y'all did. Y'all went and got one of them buses. And y'all went down the neighborhood. Got all the kids loaded up on the bus. All these little bitty kids don't even know what's going on. Told them you're going to give them some Kool-Aid and cookies. Y'all brought them here to church. Put, got one of them little kiddie pools. Told them to jump in it. And y'all baptized all them kids. No, matter of fact, we had no children baptized that day because they had children's service going on. There was no children in the service. Matter of fact, there wasn't even teenagers in. They had their own service going on. And it was like um, we, we might have had some that came in with their parents. And maybe you can count them on two hands how many teenagers we had baptized. The rest were all adults. You want to hear who one of them was? One of them was uh, a flight engineer for Air Force One for President Bush and President Obama. That was one of the guys. Uh, we had another guy named Johnny that got saved in the 70s but was scared to death of water. He was baptized that morning. We had a guy just get out of prison, just got married. He and his wife were saved and baptized that morning. Uh, we had a girl who was helping with the baptism. She was on the baptism committee. She had the towels and was helping everybody and stuff. She gets up and says, I got to go. They go, we need some help. We're, we're swamped. And she goes, I need to be baptized. They go, oh, okay, okay. Here, go. We, and some of y'all think you got some good excuses. I know you think you got good excuses because you've been working on it a long time. Guess what? I've been working on your excuses too. So I'm ready for you. I know some of y'all think, no, I got a good excuse. Y'all want to hear a good excuse? Uh, one of the girls that got baptized that morning, she had just had surgery on her nose, could not get it wet, doctor's orders. So you know what she did? I don't know where she found it, but she found an oxygen mask to put over her nose so that when she went down, her nose would stay dry and she could still obey God. And you think you've got a good excuse. I can't tell you how many times we've been doing this. We see people with walkers like this that can't for bad backs, can't get baptized, whatever. You know what we do? Stick a chair in the baptistry and just tilt them back and let them get baptized. And you think you got a good excuse. No, I know you do. I know you think you do. You go, but Ronnie, I, I, I didn't know we were doing this tonight. I'm just a guest here tonight. I didn't know we were doing this, so I'm not really prepared. I, was, I want my family to be here. I'm really, you know, I want to invite, I've got family all up and down the East Coast that I would like for them to come and come see me get baptized. Um, for those of y'all worried about that, about your family not being here, here's what we're going to do. We're going to be taking a picture. Who's taking that picture? Right here. His wife is taking a picture. Here's what she's going to do. She's going to take a picture of you getting baptized. Now, and we'll get it to you however you want to. You want to email it to you? You want to come get back and get it next Sunday? We'll do it however you want. And she's going to take a picture. You want me to tell you what you can do with that picture? You can send it to Walmart. They got a Photoshop thing. You can make hundreds of wallet-sized pictures of you getting baptized for, for tonight. Send it in little thank you cards, whatever, all over the country, letting all your family know that you got baptized tonight. You know what they have now? 
they got a thing called fathead for athletes. You know those big NFL athletes and stuff like that, baseball players? You can send it to fathead. Get that baby printed up. Put it in your dining room and just put it on the wall and get everybody to come over after church next Sunday and go, who? There it is. There's me getting baptized. Last night, y'all missed it, but there it is. If you're so worried about your family, hey, guess who the Ethiopian eunuch had with him? Nobody. Not one single family member, nobody. Not a cousin, not a mom, not a dad, not a grandma, nobody. And he obeyed God. It's about obedience. He said, Ronnie, seriously though, I really didn't know y'all were doing this or, or I, would, I would do it, but Ronnie, <laughs> what, what you see, what you get right here, I, I, I didn't bring no clothes. I, this, all, this all I got. We got you covered. We have got you some drawers. We got drawers. We got all kinds of drawers. We got little big drawers. We got big drawers. All, and listen, these are brand new drawers. Nobody's business has been in these drawers. Okay? We got all kinds. And not only top of that, we got you, Pastor wanted me to show, we got you some Daisy Dukes if you want Daisy Dukes. I'm just kidding. Youth, calm down. All right? We got you a brand new T-shirt right here that says, I did it. Broadway Baptist Church. And... We have you a towel. So really, what's your excuse? None. Oh, wait, I forgot. We do have a group of people that really does have a legitimate excuse. And that's those of you that have never given your life to Christ. Because it's not about getting wet. This is about a relationship with Christ. And you can't get baptized yet, but... You can if you give your life to Christ. And you say, you know what? I've never gone all in with this Jesus. I've never committed my life to him. And I want to. I, I've joined churches and I've joined this denomination, that denomination. But I've never, you've never had that moment. A spiritual wedding with Jesus. So you know what? I'm ready to put the ring on tonight. I'm ready to commit my life to him. If that's you, and you've never done that before, maybe some of you are here, and you said, you know what, uh, Ronnie, uh, I was baptized first. Later on, I gave my life to Christ. But since I've given my life to Christ, I've not been scripturally baptized. Some of you, maybe, maybe were saved here on Easter Sunday when the pastor was preaching, but you haven't had an opportunity to follow through and be scripturally baptized yet. You can do that right here, tonight, right now. And you can do just like the, the, the jailer did. You can walk out of here with joy. And if you'd like to know or, and have a relationship with Christ, you'd like to repent of your sins, invite him into your life, you'd like all your past, that junk, to be buried and be forgiven, he wants to change your life tonight. You say, how? I'm going to pray a prayer in just a second. It's not a magical prayer. We're not blessing the food. We're at blessed food downstairs. I think we did, didn't we? No, this is about saying, I want to invite Christ in my life. And if you never did that, here's what I'm going to pray. It's going to go something like this. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. And I know I've messed up. And I want to ask you to forgive me my sins. And I want to turn from my sins. And I want to invite you into my life to be my boss, my Lord, and my Savior. If you've never done that before, and you would like to do that, 
then right where you're seated, you can pray that prayer with me and invite him into your life. He'll change you forever. Could you do me a favor? Can you give me two minutes? Nobody get up. Nobody leave. Not, not ushers. We're having no band tonight. Nothing like that. So can we just bow our heads and close our eyes, please? Two minutes. If you say, Ronnie, that's me. I've never given my life to Christ. I've never gone all in with him, and I want to do that right now. With heads bowed, eyes closed, then you just pray this prayer with me right now and invite him into your life to be your boss, your Lord, and your best friend. Just pray this prayer right now. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner, and I know I've messed up. And I want to ask you to forgive me of my sins. And I turn from my sins. And I invite you into my life to be my boss, my Lord, and my best friend. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. And thank you for saving me, Lord Jesus. Now, with heads bowed and eyes closed and no one's looking around, I'm not going to come to you and embarrass you or call you out. If you just prayed that prayer with me, say, yes, Ronnie, for the first time in my life, I understood what I was doing. I meant business. I just prayed that prayer, and I invited Christ to come to my life. If you just prayed that prayer with me, would just those of you that prayed that prayer, would you just look up at me right now and let me catch your eyes? Okay. Anybody else? Okay. All right. Yes, ma'am. Got you, buddy. Got you. That's this section right here. Over here. Yes, ma'am. That's this section. All right, buddy. Over here on this side, you pray that prayer. Just look up at me. Let me catch your eyes. Yes, ma'am. Anybody else right through here in this section? Okay, got you, sweetie. Over here in this section right here, you pray that prayer? Yes, sir. Anybody else? Okay, with just those of you that prayed that prayer, just keep looking up at me just for a second. I just want to share something with you from the Word of God real quick. Just those of you that prayed that prayer. I want you to know this. According to what the Bible says, God has forgiven you of everything you've ever done. That, that's good news. That means that not only that, he's come to live in you, and he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. You become a believer. And whether you like it or not, we're family now. You're stuck with us from here on out till eternity, through, through eternity. So you say, okay, so what am I supposed to do now? This is your spiritual wedding day. You're supposed to put that ring on saying, yes, I'm now a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm identifying with him, and I'm following through, and I'm going to be scripturally baptized. My old self is symbolically going to be buried. I'm going to come up a new person in Christ. So you say, well, how do I do that? Here's what we're going to do. In just a second, we're going to stand with heads bowed and eyes closed, all of this building. When we stand, I'm going to pray. When I say amen, they're going to play a CD. All of you that pray that prayer and invited Christ to come to your life, I'll be standing right here. Pastor, would you go ahead and come on? Pastor's going to be standing right over there. Uh, Pastor Hurd will be right there. All of you that prayed that prayer, you come to me, you come to one of these men, all you have to say is, hey, I prayed that prayer. You say, what are we going to do? We're just going to take you right to the side. We're going to pray with you, give you some material. If you don't have a Bible, we'll give you a Bible. But also, we're going to show you where we got private changing rooms back there, and we're going to show you where to go to get your clothes that you can pick out, and then show you where the baptistry is. We're going to baptize you. Then you come out your private changing area. And change, and then we have towels and all that kind of stuff, and you take care of that, and you can walk out of here with joy. Amen? That's awesome. I'm excited for you. And we're going to be right here. Could you put your heads down now? I need to talk to one more group of people. And that's those of you, you say, Ronnie, 
um, my baptism's out of order. Maybe you were saved, you're baptized first, then you got saved, and since you've been saved, you haven't, given, you haven't been scripturally baptized. You said, no, I was baptized before. No, you got wet at church before. Can't be scripturally baptized till you're saved to begin with. And maybe you've been saved, but you haven't had an opportunity to fall through and scripturally baptized. Maybe you were saved this week during the revival, and you haven't come forward yet. You say, no, I, I need to fall through and be scripturally baptized. God spoke to me about that. I realize it's a matter of obedience. And how am I going to leave my family? How am I going to go on with the rest of my Christian walk if I don't fall through in that, with that? And God spoke to me about that. If that's you with heads bowed and eyes closed, and you know that you need to fall through and be scripturally baptized, whether your baptism is out of order or whether you haven't had a chance to be baptized yet, if that's you, would you look up at me right now and let me catch your eyes so I can pray for you? Yes, ma'am. Okay, anybody else right here in this section? Got you, buddy. Anybody else in this section right here? Yes, ma'am, right there. Over here in this section right here. All right. Anybody else? Okay, got you, girls. Over here in this section right here. Yes, sir. Anybody else in this section right here? Say, that's me. I need to follow through and be scripturally baptized. Over here in this section right here, this far section. If that's you, just look up at me and let me catch your eyes. Okay? For those of you that looked up, when we stand, same thing. When we stand, you come to me, you come to the pastor, or Brother Hurt. All we're going to do is we're just going to show you where to go. We're going to pray with you, give you that materials, and then show you where the private jet changing room is and the clothes and all that stuff. And you can walk out of here in obedience tonight. Amen? It's going to be good. Now I need my encouragers. Would you look up at me real quick? All encouragers. If you're an encourager, Look up at me. I've got one encourager. Two, three, four, five. Anybody else? Okay, in the back. Encouragers, when we stand, I say amen. As soon as I say amen, you step out and come wherever you're at. Come right down here. Come over to this section because we're going to have a lot of folks coming, and we need you to come immediately when I say amen. Okay? So could you do me a favor? Can we all please stand now with heads bowed and eyes closed? Heads bowed, eyes closed. As soon as I say amen, encouragers you come, and those of you that pray to receive Christ, and those of you getting your baptism order or getting baptized, you step out and come as soon as I say amen. <clears throat> Rex, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for speaking to our hearts. And draw people to yourself right now, Lord. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. So he's playing that. You step out. You come on right now. Just play it anywhere, Rex. Just hit play. You come on right now.